Hello, welcome to the Richard Hunter interview. As ever, this is a place where I'll be discussing matters of interest with a whole range of investment experts. In this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Dale Nichols, Portfolio Manager of the Fidelity China Special Situations Investment Trust. Dale joined Fidelity in 1996 as a research associate in its Tokyo office. It was during his tenure as an analyst that Dale first began to take an interest in the dynamics of the Chinese market. He regularly visited Chinese companies to get a clear view of the key supply and demand chains of the industries he covered. In 2003, he was promoted to portfolio manager of the Fidelity Pacific Fund and retains management of that portfolio today. In his current role, Daryl spends much of his time travelling within China to meet with the management teams and competitors of companies in which he may or already does invest, visiting well over 100 companies a year. Prior to joining Fidelity, Dale worked at Bankers Trust Asia Securities in Tokyo and as a market business analyst at Sony Corporation, also in Tokyo. He graduated from the Queensland University of Technology in Australia. So kicking off at the beginning, in terms of the uh, Fidelity China Special Situations Investment Trust, could you talk us through the objectives and the strategy of the trust? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, the, the, the basic objective is to give our, our investors the broadest possible exposure to, to the opportunities in China. Um, and as you know, we have, you know, we have the, we, through the investment trust structure, we're able to sort of access many opportunities given that, you know, the, the closed end nature, we can, we can focus more on more liquid opportunities, um, including unlisted companies, which we've sort of, you know, been, been pretty uh, active on, on that front, which we can talk about. Uh, but also the ability to gear up, the ability to short and that sort of thing. So. Um, again, we're trying to give our investors the broadest possible exposure and, and, you know, leverage our team on the ground to, to just find, you know, the best opportunities, uh, to, to capitalize on the growth that's coming out there. Um, and we're broadly, I think we're broadly focused on what we would call new China. Um, so those areas that we think are going to grow as a proportion of the economy, um, over time. And obviously, you know, the consumer is a, is a really big part of that with the, with the growing middle class in China. Okay, so so to put some colour on the trust, what are the sort of sector weightings? Yeah, so like I said, I mean, the, 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 you've got to be a little bit caref- careful with some of the sector weightings in in China because they're not completely representative. You've got names like Tencent, which come under areas like communication services, but broadly, you know, we're very much focused on, like I said, those new China areas, those areas that you know we're pretty sure we're going to grow as a proportion of the economy over time. So areas like consumer discretionary, which would be over thirty percent. Um, IT uh, related, which you know would sort of be high teens and healthcare, um, also also in the teens. Uh, that would you know those those sort of areas together are probably making up maybe 80 percent of the trust. Um, I will say that you know the the more older economy areas of the trust have actually grown over time. Uh, well, really in the last year, there's been sort of more opportunities coming in that area. Uh, mostly through areas like um, areas like building materials, where you know we've got these old sectors where we're seeing we're seeing consolidation really starting up in those areas, and you know they're very unconsolidated, but that process of consolidation is very much underway. And as a result of that, you know we've, I think we've sort of identified the winners, the guys that are going to really you know sort of be those the, you know the top you know one to three players in those sectors. So that area has grown. Uh, but, you know, I think the real thrust is, is in those so, so-called new China um, sectors. 
So with that in mind, what sort of things are you generally looking for uh, in specific stocks, be that quality, value, dividends? Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, for any sort of, you know, opportunity that we're looking at, there's a few things we really tried to get our head around. Um, and, you know, I think one is is growth or scale. So just really thinking about how big can a company be in sort of three, you know, five, 10, 15 years, um, just given how well they're positioned and the opportunity set in front of them, just really trying to understand that. Um, secondly, you know, we really focus on returns. Um, there's a lot of businesses that grow very fast that don't generate great returns. So, you know, just thinking about real competitive advantage, that competitive moat that a company has, um, incremental returns on capital and eventually, you know, free cash flow. Um, and ideally those, th- you know, those, those <clears throat> factors come together. You've got a company that's getting high incremental returns on capital that they're investing in, in the growth opportunity, um, ahead of them. Um, and then, you know, the third factor is, is management. You can have, you know, the opportunity and you can have the business, but, you know, management really needs to execute on the, on the opportunity. Um, and, you know, you want them to be aligned with us as minority shareholders. Um, so, you know, the vast majority of the portfolio was actually made up of private companies as opposed to the state owned, state owned companies, you know, mostly, mostly for the, for those reasons. So bring those factors together. And then, you know, we really think about valuations relative to that. Um, you know, it has to be a reasonable valuation relative to the long-term growth story. Um, you know, the, 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 you know, the quality of the business and the quality of management and, you know, ideally, you know, we come up with a view that's different to, to the market of those of those factors throughout sort of on the ground, bottom up, bottom up research. Um, so <clears throat> we're still quite disciplined around valuation. Um, you know, obviously, we have these periods where, you know, the valuations can can get quite expensive. So we're thinking about those factors relative to how, how you know, to valuation and how, how our view is is different, different to the market. So drilling down a bit further on that, um, could you perhaps talk us through a couple of your top holdings or positions? Yes, absolutely. Um, so uh, why don't we start with Wuxi Aptech, um, which, you know, is you know, the leading company in contract research and con- contract manufacturing to the pharmaceutical sector in China. Um, as I've mentioned, you know, healthcare is a really core area of, of growth um, in China over the midterm. There's a significant amount of of, of R&D dollars going in um, with the development focused very much on innovative drugs. So Wishy helps companies through that process um, and, you know, in, in many ways benefits from that overall spend in the, whole, in the whole space. You know, if you're investing in an individual, you know, pharmaceutical company, you may be taking pipeline risk, whereas, you know, with someone like Wishy, you know, that risk is, I think, very much uh, diluted uh, and you're benefiting from sort of the overall development spend um, of the whole sector, which, you know, for which, you know, the, the outlook looks very good. And they've executed extremely well in that sector, really attracting and retaining uh, top talent and supporting, uh, you know, the development um, um, pipelines of pharmaceutical companies, both within China and actually outside of China as well. Um, another example would be SK Shu. Uh, I mentioned earlier about, about building materials. Um, SK Shu is, is really, you know, one of the top players in the paint sector. Um, and, you know, that may not sound so exciting, but it's actually uh, can be quite a good business, uh, particularly, you know, in the sort of more B2C side when you can really develop a brand and get pricing. And, um, you know, they're, they're, you know, they've shown a really strong ability to execute in that in that area. And, and they're growing strongly, um, you know, taking share from the foreign players. And we think it's a matter of time before they're, you know, the really the number one player 
um, within China. Um, there are some risks clearly there around the property sector and their exposure there, but we think they've managed that quite well. And we do think, you know, any sort of turbulence we see in the property sector will be another catalyst for, for consolidation. So there's a really strong story there around consolidation. Uh, another name I might mention is NOAA, which is uh, an independent um, wealth management platform in, uh, in China. Um, a lot of the capital markets are still very underdeveloped in China. Um, but at the same time, you're seeing very strong growth in wealth. Um, and, and, you know, someone like Noah, who's focused really on sort of the high net worth individual and really maintaining that relationship, growing their product offerings, um, you know, has, has, you know, really strong growth potential over the midterm. And you can find a quite a reasonable multiple. Obviously, we've had a somewhat some tumultuous last 18 months or so um, in global terms. How have you found that the trust has been coping over that uh, time period? Yeah, it definitely has been volatile. Um, if I look at, you know, sort of our one year numbers, and this is actually through August, um, I think we're sort of just under under up about 10% um, versus sort of the market uh, down around 10%. Um, and obviously, you know, the longer term numbers. Are, are, are pretty strong. I think in September we would have, you know, definitely, you know, given some, given some of that back. And I'm sure we'll talk about some of the factors uh, that are driving that. But you know, the long term, you know, uh, record is 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 pretty strong. And you know, we we definitely have these periods of volatility in a market like China. There's obviously headlines that we're dealing with on a daily basis. Um, we're very much focused on the individual companies, their ability to execute and grow earnings. We're strong believers that, you know, you will see, you know, that, that, that markets are efficient over time. And as long as companies can deliver and grow earnings, that will come through in stock prices and hopefully, you know, come through you know, in the NAB. So with the sell-off that we've seen, we're seeing actually some, 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 some pretty um, interesting sort of value potential and opportunities arise. Sure. And, and we've started to touch on this already, but uh, clearly there are issues in, in China at present. We've got further evidence of slowing growth, regulatory crackdowns, and of course, the fallout uh, from Evergrande as well. Has this affected your views on the region and, and what's your outlook from here? No, not really. Um, you know, uh, you know, on the element uh, or on the factor of, of slowing growth, I think that's that's natural. Um, obviously, you know, there's a, there's a pretty, pretty important structural change that's happening um, in terms of in terms of overall growth of the economy. There's a shift towards higher quality growth driven by consumption. Um, so you've got sort of you know you've got slowing growth, but it's still you know pretty reasonable on a on a global basis. You know, probably high single digit, and you know whatever your final number for growth is, um, you you know you can pretty much assume that consumption is growing faster, and that's where we're focused. So. You know, for a market that's got that sort of growth, um, you know, with, with a lot of structural change, it presents, presents a lot of opportunity. Um, I'd also say we've sort of been through a period of, 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 of tightening when, when we saw the strong growth, um, you know, on the back of a recovery out of, out of, you know, of, of a rebound from COVID. Um, and, and, you know, sort of now, I think, you know, particularly in terms of credit growth. Uh, and now we're seeing signs of, of sort of more looser policy, uh, particularly around around uh, growth in credit. Um, so if you look at things like the credit impulse, that's, I think, clearly bottomed and starting to pick up. And I think you'll actually see more government action, both on the monetary side um, and in the fiscal side in, in you know, 
um, as as we do see the economy uh, slow towards um, you know the, the the end of the year and probably early early next year. You mentioned the regulatory side as well, and I think that's clearly been the biggest factor that's that's hurt markets. Um, you know, definitely over 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 the last six months. Um, I think it's important to take a long term perspective, both really just looking back at sort of cycles, regulatory cycles that we've had in the past, but also looking forward and and sort of understanding the long term the long term goals and 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 priorities. So as I've mentioned, we've had these periods of re- regulatory tightening um, in the past. Um, you know, it was back in 2018 when, you know, we had, you know, increased regulation around the gaming sector and saw, you know, Tencent give back almost 50% and sort of, you know, how they recovered sort of post that period. Now, we're clearly, you know, this is clearly the longest and deepest in terms of, in terms of, in terms of this cycle. Um, we can go into the individual factors. Um, if you like, I think, you know, a, a lot of, you know, a, a lot of, you know, the, the, the factors that are there are in many ways catch up for where regulation was lagging. And I'd put sort of areas like antitrust, um, and sort of data security, uh, particularly for the individual, um, in that camp. Obviously, we've got other policies that we've seen that are more socially driven. Um, there's a lot, obviously a lot of talk about the three mountains, whether that be healthcare, um, education and property. Um, and so, you know, I, you know, I think there's clear efforts to, you know, address a lot of the challenges that, 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 you know, that, that governments are seeing globally around, around social inequality. And I think there's more potential, there's more potential to come there. But when I sort of look across broadly what's happened, um, you know, and, and, and we sort of sit down and really think about, you know, what's, what's potentially around the corner, we think, you know, we're probably, um, you know, either at the peak or, or close to it. Um, you know, you, you never know, but, you know, it's sort of, we, 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 we think we're probably, you know, through probably the worst. And as I said, in terms of the long-term view, we, we're, you know, aware of obviously the, the long-term goals that, that the government has laid out. Um, we, you know, obviously through the five-year plans and, and plans that are, that are, that are more longer term, pretty, pretty still, you know, aggressive goals around, around economic growth and innovation. Um, and clearly, you know, we think, you know, those won't be achieved without a vibrant private sector. Um, and so, you know, particularly in a sort of a slowing economic environment that we're seeing, um, you know, we like to think that we're sort of, you know, probably, you know, through, through the worst in, in terms of, in terms of this cycle. And importantly, as I said, you know, um, we're thinking about risk reward here and just given the correction that we've seen in, in share prices, um, you know, we think that, that a lot is, a lot is, a lot is being priced, priced into stocks at this point. Fascinating times in China and a fascinating conversation. And unfortunately, that's all we've got time for. So uh, many thanks again for your time, Dale, and for your valuable insights in, into the region. That's Dale Nichols, Portfolio Manager of the Fidelity China Special Situations Investment Trust. And thank you for listening. Please feel free to like and subscribe. And of course, you can find much more, by the way, of investment insight and ideas at ii.co.uk. I'll be back next Tuesday with another Richard Hunter interview. Bye for now.